Welcome to the From Montana to Portugal podcast. In this episode, I'm going to read aloud an essay I published back on February 5th on Substack. You can find me there at janelleholden.substack.com. It's the place where I publish original essays about our travels and our plans to move from Montana to Portugal and exactly how that is all coming together in 2023. You can also join us for Portuguese lessons if you become a paid subscriber at Substack. So on Fridays, kind of three, usually two to three Fridays out of the month, we gather with Miguel from Lisbon, who teaches us how to say things in European Portuguese properly. So if you're interested in that, please join us as a paid subscriber. Most of that money goes to make sure that Miguel is being paid for his time to tutor us in Portuguese. So without further ado, today I'm going to read a framework to live a life filled with serendipity, gratitude, and wildness, and tell you a story about how I won a trip for two to Australia. It's one of my very favorite stories to tell. I tell it often to people when they wonder if what they really want can ever come true. A few years back, I won an all-expense-paid trip for two to Australia. How it happened is like how a lot of things in my life happen, a combination of following the breadcrumbs plus wild belief plus trust. At the time, I was commuting 40 miles one way over a mountain pass to get to work every day. The weather was usually shockingly awful, and to pass the time there and back, I listened to podcasts or audible books. On that particular commute, I was listening to Martha Beck, PhD, talking about her latest book, Finding Your Own North Star, on a podcast dedicated to interviewing authors. Martha's a Harvard-trained sociologist, a best-selling author, and life coach. During that episode, she shared how she sets and realizes three wildly improbable goals, or wigs, at a time. She's been doing it since she was a teenager. Here's how she describes it in her own words from the book, Finding Your Own North Star. It seems to work like this. I find a goal that makes my essential self say yes. Then I go into a hunting frenzy, turning over every rock and twig to learn about my goal and spot clues that might help me reach it. Then I work like hell. Then I work some more. Finally, I reach the limit of my ability. And next, with amazing reliability, something or someone shows up to help me bridge the gap between impossibility and reality. I can remember almost every detail of that commute because I had that hair on the back of your neck standing up thing happen. I knew there was something to what she was saying. I got to work, ordered the book, and later that week had a conversation with my niece when she told me excitedly that she was going to study abroad for a year in Australia. Why don't you come over and visit? She asked. I know you've always wanted to go. Yeah, I explained to her, but I don't have 10K sitting in a bank account to fund a trip to Australia right now. So, she said, you could figure out a way. I thought, hmm, can I figure out a way? Later on, I flipped to the small part of Martha's book that went over the steps for how to set and achieve a wildly improbable goal. One, find a goal that thrills your essential self. That part of you that doesn't care what other people think. It usually involves your most beloved activity. It definitely seems wildly improbable. Two, 
Brainstorm every which way you could meet your goal and write down every step. Three, visualize achieving it. Four, take action. So I did it. I did the steps. I made a list of every way I could think of to get myself to Australia to see my niece. At the top of the list was, quote, win a trip to Australia. The first step I had under win a trip to Australia was Google it. So I did. At the bottom of the Google search results, I found an essay contest sponsored by an Australian-based organic skincare company, which promised an all-expense-paid trip for two to Southern Australia to the American winner of the essay contest. The essay assignment was to describe your relationship with the environment and then to submit a video supporting your essay. I worked for several weeks on the essay. At the time, I was working on protecting endangered gray wolves that were ranging outside of Yellowstone National Park, where they had been reintroduced. ABC, the the channel, had just done a feature on my work, and it was on YouTube, so it was a perfect topic for me. I submitted the essay at the end of July, and then I waited and waited and waited. But all the while, I knew that I was going to win. I just knew it. Meanwhile, my niece had started her first semester in Brisbane, Australia. She was sending me gorgeous photos of the beach, and I was still visualizing going to see her. I had a vision board with pictures of us up in my house. In the middle of October, I got a call from the president of the skincare company. I'm calling to let you know that you're our American grand prize winner, he said. Can you come to Australia in March? Yes, yes, I can. I remember walking out to the receptionist area in a daze to tell my coworkers the looks on their faces. I think they all thought I had been scammed by someone online and wasn't going to come back alive. But we went anyway. We flew to Adelaide, Australia during Doug's spring break as a teacher. Doug's my husband. My niece met us there. We spent a week getting pampered by the skincare company. Doug has only ever had a facial once, and that was the first and only time. And then we flew to Tasmania to spend a week exploring the wilderness there and hiking with my niece. It was possibly the most astounding occurrence of my life, but it taught me something really incredible. It gave me new rules for living a life full of serendipity, gratitude, and wildness. These are the rules. Number one, follow the breadcrumbs. Whenever I become deeply interested in something that seems totally random in life, I'm following the breadcrumb. It might be a book, a lecture, a podcast, an idea, a place, a person. I have no idea where it's going to take me, but I follow it until the trail leads me to another breadcrumb. This is how I found out about Portugal in the first place. I was deeply interested in big wave surfing. I'm not a big wave surfer by, by, yeah, I'm not a big wave surfer, but I'm very interested in it. And that led me to look into Portugal more. And here I am intending to move there, my current wildly improbable goal. Step two, believe in myself despite all odds. I am one of those people who gets more motivated to do something the more someone tells me that it's impossible, or I can't do it, or I shouldn't do it. Whenever I've been most successful, I've believed in myself, even while other people actively doubted me, and most of the time told me. Number three, don't force it. My whole life, I've been most successful when I listen to my intuition. I believe in hard work, but whenever I've tried too hard or tried to follow someone else's rules for success, it is bombed spectacularly. It's only when I trust myself and do it in whatever peculiar way that I was meant to do it that I succeed. 
often it works out way better than I would have planned. Number four, trust in the timing. Just like in this story, life often doesn't give me things on my timeline. They just appear when they are supposed to appear. For instance, in my head, I was originally supposed to win the essay in August and go to Australia in the fall, but they delayed the trip to the spring, our spring, and I went during their fall, which was perfect for all of us. Our move to Portugal will happen in its own timing, too. It's coming. I can feel it. Thank you for listening to this essay, From Montana to Portugal. From Montana to Portugal is a reader-supported publication. You can find me on Substack at janelleholden.substack.com to receive new posts and support my work and get some language lessons. Consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. I appreciate your attention and your time and look forward to having you listen to another episode.